The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Amen. Father, we thank you for your blessing upon the reading of your word. Again, we ask that you speak to us through your word today in these brief moments we have in Jesus' name. High five your neighbor. You can have your seat in God's presence. How was your week and how was Valentine's Day? I hope you've had a splendid week so far. Has God been good to you? Have you experienced God's love? We've been talking about the love of God um, from the beginning of this month. We started with our communion service and we shared there or we stressed there the importance of what communion represents. That's the bedrock of what it means to love. Greater love doesn't go beyond this than for a man to lay down his life for his friends. And that's what God demonstrated to us. Pastor Inda talked about that. That's what God demonstrated by Jesus dying and Jesus shedding his blood. That's the true definition of love. And if you have been a recipient of that, of Jesus' death on Calvary's cross, you are now a child of God, you are born again, you are loved. Hallelujah. You're already loved. It doesn't take money in your bank account for you to be convinced that you are loved. It doesn't take a ring on your finger. It doesn't take a manifestation of healing in your body. No, that's not where it starts from. Glory be to God. And it's so important that you are grounded in that. Of course, we've shared so many other things. We've looked into different areas of um, love expressions in our lives, whether it's that you're a single person, you're a married person, you're in a relationship, or it doesn't even have to be in the context of a man and woman relationship. It can be um, in different aspects of our lives. I want to briefly talk about that again. When we study love, um, when we look into this subject of love, it's important that we understand this concept of three-dimensional love. Somebody say three-dimensional love. It's so vital that you are grounded in it. Um, you understand primarily God's love for you. That's where it starts from. We love because he first loved us. I'm just mentioning scriptures we are familiar with. I want to quickly get to something this morning, and I don't have too much time available to me. That part of you believing that God loves you, that was demonstrated on the cross, is so vital that you are grounded in that. That's the first dimension. The second dimension is you loving God back. And then the third dimension is you loving other people. Glory be to God. That's the area I want to just touch on briefly um, a bit this morning. It's very instructive when you read scriptures like the text we just read in 1 Peter. A lot of the teachings in the Bible, apart from revealing to us God's unconditional love to us, and how God demonstrated that love by Christ dying for us, a lot of the teaching is you loving other people. And what the Bible is trying to show there is for you to express that, to allow love flow in that direction. You loving other people. 
um, in the first service, somebody said something very interesting that um, they are Valentine. I'm not sure whether that was a man or a woman. was boring. I asked I was Valentine. I said, ah, it was boring. And I'm very sure that person was coming from the context of nobody gave me flowers. Nobody took me out. Nobody did this. Nobody did that. And, and I just corrected something about that. That's not primarily what the Bible teaches when it's talking about love. A lot of the teaching is not about people giving you flowers, people giving you roses. It's about you loving other people. Oh, can I hear a loud amen? So the dimension of God loving us must be grounded in it. The dimension of us loving God back must ground in it. The dimension of us loving other people. Glory be to God. It's also important that we understand the concept of, I call it full spectrum love. In the English language, you just have one word for love. But in the Greek, there are at least five different words used to describe love. And it's for a specific purpose. Because when we talk about love, we are not just talking about the context of a man and a woman in a relationship. That is one spectrum. It's important, but it's not all there is to it. There is the concept of unconditional love which is the one god shows us god loving us and we even learning to walk in that love there is the love that is shared between a man and a woman in a romantic sense eros in the greek that's what is used the unconditional love of god is agape um, romantic kind of love is eros there's also love among um, siblings parents family members the Greek word is the word storage. There is love among friends. That can be your colleague at work, um, members of your church. It's called filio. People that you, you relate with, friendship. You are not romantically involved. You are not connected by blood. It's not a matter of I love you because of my brother and my sister. But we, we have common interests. We work together. We are in the same church. Filio. There is even love for things. Another word is used for it. Mania. Oh, I love Liverpool Football Club. Hey, I love swimming. I love traveling. So in the Greek, they, they specifically use different words. And this is the reason why they do that. Because they understand that in expressing love, it must be contextual. And you must know the kind of love you are walking in. And when many of us are missing it, and this is what I want to touch on very briefly today, is seeing to it that not only am I walking in this kind of love, oh, I love God, oh, and um, I'm walking in a conditional love towards God, but you are now fighting with your sibling. You and your sibling have not spoken in the last six months. So in English, because it's just one word, we can camouflage it and be confused about it. But the Greek person will say, sir, you only have agape. You are talking about God love, but you're, you need to do something about your storage. And there's no confusion. Are you with me this morning? And this brings me to the main thing I want to talk about. Everyone needs love. Every human being needs love. It's not just for married people. I said in the first service, when I started observing, or when Valentine started getting popular in Nigeria, I was just growing up then, it was described as if it's only for you and your boyfriend, you and your girlfriend. That was how 
um, society interpreted it. Thank God we have learned and we have grown even in Nigeria now. So even in our school, in our children's schools, they are teaching them to celebrate Valentine. Bring a gift for your friend. They taught my children to do that, that we should buy a gift. There was no romance involved. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> they were not teaching them to be romantic. So in my child's school, I said they'll buy a book or something, something educational just to communicate love. And that's vital. Because when we are talking about love, it's in different contexts. There is love for my family people, my siblings, my parents. There is love among my brethren in church. There should be filial. Among my colleagues at work, filial, friends. There is eros, yes, me and my spouse, yes. So when we say Valentine, um, okay, you are not married. Does that mean you should not have Valentine? If you are like that, that means you don't understand what we are talking about when we are talking about love. Do you have parents? Do you have friends? Do you have brethren in church? Let's even assume you're not in a love relationship. Hallelujah. And that brings me to what I want to talk about. Just something very simple. With all we've been learning over the last few weeks, I, I believe Pastor Inda and Pastor Emi did an excellent job in talking about all we shared about the last two Sundays. And this is the main thing I want you to look at this morning. Finding God in your weaknesses, in your failures, in your brokenness, in your pain, in your disappointments. And we can go on and on. Because one thing that happens when we start looking at the contextual relationships we are involved in, whether it is family we are talking about, or whether it is church we are talking about, or whether it's colleagues at work, or business, or school, in all these things, because we are relating with other human beings, there will be brokenness. People will get hurt. There will be disappointments. There will be pain. That is just life. Glory be to God. That is just life. And that's why Peter said in that text, he said, above all else, and was coming from that perspective, have fervent love because love will cover a multitude of sins. Love will cover a multitude of failures. Love will cover a multitude of disappointments. It will cover the pain. It will cover the heartbreak. So he's telling you that in life, when you go through all these things, which you will go through, and I dare to say every one of us at one level or the other is going through one thing or the other. Bring love inside it. I'm going to build on this next Sunday. Bring love inside it. Introduce love deliberately. With your siblings, introduce storage. There will be things that may come up that you are now pulling away from even family members. Or something wants to come in to, to disturb that relationship. Bring love. And when the natural affection of um, sibling, brother feels, when such feels, you back it up with agape. In your marriage, see to it there is, there is love involved. There may be um, strain, there may be problem between you and your spouse. When heroes feels, back it up with agape. Among your friends, your neighbors at home, your colleagues at work, um, brethren in church, where filio is supposed to be operating, where there's strength, bring love. Let love cover the pain. Oh, am I talking to somebody this morning? 
let love deal with the brokenness and the disappointments. That's what to do. And that's what we should be learning from all these lessons. This is how Apostle Paul gave the same wisdom. First, I mean Colossians chapter 3, verse 14. He said, above all things. And notice both of them were saying that above all. So it doesn't matter what has happened or what hasn't happened. It doesn't matter who gave you chocolate and flowers during Valentine or who did not give you chocolate and flowers during Valentine. Above all that, it doesn't matter who has hurt you, who has disappointed you, who has told a lie against you. Above all that, what should you do? Put on love. Hallelujah. Consciously. Deliberately. In all the dimensions. Make sure God's love towards you is flowing. Don't let one challenge you are going through. Allow the devil whisper one stupid lie into your ear that God doesn't love you. It's interesting that God will allow us go through brokenness. God will allow us go through challenges. When I get to heaven, I'm going to have that conversation with him. Well, I can actually have the conversation now, but I think it will be better. Like the Yobas will say, Ojulo Rawa. Left to me, we should go through life without problems. But how many of you know that's not how it is? But when those challenges come, God says we should do what? Put on love. Why? Love is the bond of perfection. You see, in the context of all our relationships with our friends, with our family members, with our brethren in church, with our colleagues at work, there is imperfection because of our human nature. But when we deliberately introduce love, somebody say, I will deliberately introduce love, perfection begins to come. And that's why we tell you that love is the most, most excellent way, the more excellent way. Love is the way to victory. Love will never fail. When you, even though there's brokenness, you deliberately, from a place of revelation, not emotion, you, you may not feel like, I will tell you something, I prayed for people this week that I didn't feel like praying for. I didn't feel like. It wasn't about emotion. It's about understanding. It's about understanding the place of love. I did good things to people that I didn't feel like doing good. Let, let me close with that. We learned from Joseph in the first service. I want us to learn this powerful lesson from David. Second Samuel chapter 9. After Saul died, if you know the story, I won't have time to look at text, but I'll just quote this verse for us. The Bible talked about a war. Somebody say war. Started going on between the house of Saul and the house of David. Please follow this story very carefully. Okay, you guys are second service. Let me just briefly mention what we talked about in the first service concerning Joseph. How Joseph, by the help of God, was still able to love Potiphar and his wife. The Bible was very silent about that. But we can conclude that that was Joseph's disposition towards them. The one the Bible told us was about his brothers. How he was still able to love the brothers that sold him to slavery. He told them, you meant it for evil. But God has turned it around for good. He still brought love into that relationship. When their father Jacob died, his brothers were now afraid, oh, Joseph was still helping us. I mean, they, they came to Egypt. Jo Joseph took them to the best portion of Egypt. He took them to Banana Island in Egypt. And now that our father has died, maybe Jacob will now turn because they were thinking carnally. But Jacob said, no. He said, am I in the place of God? God had taught him while he was in prison. God had turned his heart to love in the context of his relationships. That's what we are talking about. In the place of his pain, 
his brokenness, his disappointed, his disappointment. God still told, taught him to introduce love. And that's why we we'll forever be preaching about such people. Because that's the power of love. It's the more excellent way. Anyone interested in excelling in life here? It's the way of victory. Anyone interested in having victory in every area of your life? In those places of brokenness, introduce love. And where the natural order of love fails, back it up with agape, unconditional love. So don't tell me because of what your brother did for you, your blood brother, five years ago, you still can't love him today. That's not Christian. Am I talking to somebody? Look at this more extreme case. Please watch this very carefully. Lesson, powerful lessons from David. And that's why we are talking about this man till today, thousands of years after. So Saul and Jonathan died. The Bible said a war, somebody say war, war. started between the house of David and the house of Saul. And because God was backing up David, the Bible said the house of David grew stronger and stronger, greater and greater, while the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. And after a while, it became clear that David was the winner. And it got to this point where there were just few members in the family of Saul left. And this is what the natural man will have done. Let me round them up and kill them. But look at what the Bible told us about David. Second Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. Now David said, please remember we are talking in the context of war here. And yes, he had now come to the place where it appeared he was having the victory. But check his heart and learn a lesson from here. Is there still anyone who is left in the house of Saul that I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Oh, Hallelujah. When Jonathan was alive, David and Jonathan had caught a covenant. But Saul was against it. And Saul, of course, all his life was trying to kill David. For those of us that may not know, Jonathan was Saul's son. And Saul was the king of Israel before David. And in a context of war, here is a man of God that stood up and said, I want to show kindness to my enemy, to the seed of my enemy. The natural thing was to kill them and destroy them. But he chose to show kindness. Now, in contrast, so they brought Mephibosheth, Jonathan's son, and David loved him, restored him, and all that he had. When David got into trouble, Mephibosheth sold out David. If you read the story. Because that's what they did there. The bad belay was still there. But that's not the lesson of a Christian. That's not the lesson. Look, I know there are areas of your life where you are broken, where you are hurting, where people have disappointed you, people have not done what you expected them to do, or done negative things to you. And it may even have broken down to all-out war. <laughs> but please learn from David here. God told me to tell you, get up from where you are. Show kindness, show love, even to enemies, even to people that may eventually sell you out later, stab you in the back. That's what people just did to David. That's how we repay David at the end of the day. But that wasn't David's heart. And that's how to live the Christian life. 
in the full spectrum of your relationships, your best strategy for success and winning and ultimately having victory at the end of the day is to introduce love. Even where there's brokenness and pain and disappointments. Are you hearing what we are saying this morning? It's not difficult to... I love the way Pastor Amy said it last week. The love is available if you are born again. God has poured out agape unconditionally in your heart. The only question we need to answer is, are you going to get up from this service and the brother that did you hurt five years ago, you will forgive him and show kindness like David? That's the only question. The capacity to love your spouse that has hurt you and has been hurting you, it is there. The capacity to forgive the brother in church that duped you of your money, it is there. I get what I'm saying. The capacity to love that colleague at work that stabbed you in the back to get the promotion so that you, you, he will get the promotion instead of you, it is there. And you need to make up a memory, I'm going to come up to this place of understanding. Can somebody say understanding? Where I will deliberately introduce love. Hallelujah. I will still feel you that friend. I will still stodge that my family member. I will still eros my wife. And when filio stodge um, eros, yes, I will back it up with agape. The one that is unconditional. Because in spite of my brokenness and my pain and disappointments, if I can introduce love, it will cover all those sins. Hallelujah. And it will bring perfection out of all the imperfection. And I will always win at the end of the day. Rise on your feet this morning if you've heard the word of the Lord. Lift your hands to heaven and just begin to talk to God. Many of us need to make some serious decisions in this area. Lift those hands. Talk to him. Talk to God. Leave those hands. Talk to God. You have just a few minutes. Talk to God. Where is the pain? Is it here in church? Is it at home in your marriage? Is it at work? Is it among your extended family members? Where is the hurt? Where is the disappointed? The disappointments? Where, 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 where have you been backstabbed? Where have you been, been lied, lied upon? Who are you at war with? Quote and unquote. I mean, we are at war. I'm keeping my distance. God's word to you this morning is bring love into the pain. Bring love into it. You see, when you introduce love into all this context, you will find God. You will, God will, and when we say find God, it's God will manifest himself. We are not saying God is lost. God can manifest himself in that your career, in that ministry, more than he is doing right now. If only the right measure of love can be introduced. Is there still anybody, anybody, hold on, listen to this, listen to this very carefully. Let, let me tell you something. You know why he said, is there still anybody in Saul's house who I can show kindness to? Before he asked for Meshibovet, when Saul was chasing David to kill him, look at one of the things Saul did. Saul took his wife, David's wife, the, his daughter that he had given, and she went to, she, she didn't, that was the wife that was eventually mocking David. She, she went with him. The wife that walked away from the marriage 
and his her father married that to another man. When David got on the throne, and as the war was going on and he was gaining um, upper hand, one of the things he asked the army, the captain of Saul's army, is that bring my wife back. He still brought her back into his house. Now, some people have said he was being strategic, which I do not doubt. But in fact, that's what we are teaching. The strategy is love. Most men will never call a collector back. The strategy is love. Bring Jonathan's sons back. Who can I show kindness to? Ask yourself that question this week. Who can I show kindness to this week? Who can I pray for this week? Who can I give to this week? Who can I visit this week? Who can I encourage this week? Whose burdens can I bear? Particularly in the areas of my life. That marriage was dead. David said, bring her back. Bring back my wife. Bring back my wife. And after that, now said, is there still anybody else? Notice he had the upper hand though. He could have said to kill all of them. Which is what the average king then will have done. Kill all the enemies to the last blood so that nobody can come back and stab and fight me again. Oh, hallelujah. May we have the heart of God in our relationships, all the relationships we're involved in, particularly where we have been hurt and where we have been broken. Lift those hands and cry out to God, whoever you are, wherever you are this morning. And I, I trust God for grace. I trust God for wisdom. I trust God for courage for you. In the areas where you need to introduce love back. You've allowed something else to take over. You are not doing above all else. Let love prevail. You are letting something else prevail. You may be here this morning, it's the disappointments that are prevailing. It's the hurt that is prevailing. It's the failure that is prevailing. God wants you to switch that under this atmosphere and in this place. And we have just a few minutes. He said, above all else, put on love. It will cover a multitude of sin. It will, it is the bond of perfection. You may not know how to solve the problem, but I'm telling you, child of God, God knows how to solve the problem. Love knows how to solve the problem. And God is love. Come on, one more minute as you pray and talk to God. Shanda Gato, bring love back. Inject love into all those relationships. Inject love in your work with all those people. Forgive somebody today. Oh, Shakataya Labroso, to comfort somebody today, this week, this month, going forward from now, make up your mind above all else. Above all else, <laughs> I will allow love prevail. And I guarantee you by the word of the Lord, there will be victory, there will be success, you will excel, love never fails, love is the more excellent way of living. That's what David chose. That's what Joseph chose. And that's why thousands of years after on a Sunday morning like this, we can still talk about them and we can still learn from them. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Come on, talk to him. Lift your hands wherever you are. Everyone that has been heartbroken or has been hurt or disappointed, let the love of God bring healing for you right now. Let love make you whole. Find God in that place of brokenness let him 
put back together all the broken pieces as you consciously inject love into your relationships and the different aspects of your life yeah let God bring everything back together he can bring beauty from ashes he can bring something mega out of nothing if you will allow love where love is God is where love is God is let love prevail above all let love prevail above all I'm ministering to somebody right now let love prevail let love prevail above all else let love prevail let love dominate don't allow anything else dominate they will not bring you the results you want in the future let love prevail Oh, we thank you, Lord. We choose love. We choose love. You know why I tell you things like I prayed for people I didn't want to pray for this week? I, I, I don't have to tell you that, but I tell it deliberately. You see, we, we are human. David was human. Joseph was human. We pastors are human. We choose. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, you will, see, you will feel so free. You, you, if you choose to live like you will feel so free. The temptation to hold on to the heart will forever be there as long as you are in this body of flesh and blood. But bless God, the power to choose love will also be available to you as long as a child of God. I don't know how many people are choosing love with me this morning. For one more minute, just lift your hands and thank God, I choose love. I choose love. I choose love. Say it over and over again. Over the pain, over the hurt, I choose love. I choose love. <laughs> and I'm going to demonstrate it all. I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to take practical steps. I'm not just going to talk it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do something. I'm going to show kindness. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to let go of the past. Act as if it never happened. I'm just going to move on. And when naturally my strength fails to do it, I will lean on agape, the unconditional love of God. I will tap into the reservoir of love that God has shown me for forgiving me while I was still a sinner. And I will live life this way. And Father, we thank you because we see victory all the way. Oh, we see victory. We see success. Because your love never fails. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name. Somebody that is expecting to see victory because they have chosen the more excellent way of love. Will you lift your voice and give the Lord a loud shout of praise? Come on, one more time, lift your voice and give him a scream. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 0000640.